Hello and welcome to Captain's Corner. We'd like to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for making this podcast such a success. We have a great lineup of guests for you to enjoy this season. So we ask you to share this podcast on your social media with your friends and family. And of course, give us a like and leave a review. Hope you guys enjoy the season. This season is sponsored by Summit Marketing, Sure Construction, and WPO Development. Thank you for being such great supporters of Captain's Corner. Today on the podcast, we have Major Cam Henderson, Divisional Secretary for Program for the Florida Division of the Salvation Army. Welcome to Captain's Corner. Captain Andy Miller coming to you from Tampa, Florida. And I have a local guest who is actually right in front of me. One of the few interviews I actually do with somebody who's there. And that's our DS for program, our Divisional Secretary for Program, Major Cam Henderson. Welcome to Captain's Corner, Cam. I'm I'm actually really, really honored uh, to be on it. Thank you. I've been enjoying it. Well, it's great. I know. it's And Cam attends the Tampa Salvation Army Church where Abby and I serve in leadership. And so we're we're connected. But Cam has done some really unique things lately that I think, and not just he, he, him, and I need to be careful that it's been a team, committees that have led this way with him. But you certainly have been the person who pushed something forward with a new approach, with a, a scorecard for evaluating what Salvation Army units are doing. But I don't want to. I don't want to get there. That's where I want to go. Okay. There. And we've been talking for a half an hour before, and finally I had to say, let's just pr- press record yeah, and yeah. get going. But before I get there, tell us a little about yourself and where you and your wife have served through the years. Well, we've zigzagged across the Southern Territory. So okay. my, um, I think I'm a, a fifth generation Salvationist. So we've been in the Army a good long time, and. Uh, third or fourth generation officer and people don't i mean I, I know you and i say that because we yeah. have a similar thing there and but whenever i say that in the community um honestly people just their jaws drop right yeah. you can wow. hardly believe it and then and even when i've said it i'm sixth generation officer when i say that people go uh they'll say uh, when they're introducing me board members introducing me in the community they'll say now, Andy, he's actually like a, a third generation <laughs> officer close and they think as a mate i'm like actually yeah six and they're like what, what? that's crazy I mean, so i mean that's a wild thing how god has worked in your family just to even say that yeah it is and it's, it's interesting i used to uh, be unsure about how to approach that because i've had someone say oh so you're following the family tradition right and uh and i said well because that stopped me for just a little bit and i thought well not really it's it's i i heard from god this yeah. is what to do. And so while I'm following in the tradition, praise the Lord, and I would have known it except I grew up into it, right. God called me very specifically and right. called Paula very specifically separately. Right, right. Interestingly enough, we found out at the same youth councils the same year, we found out two or three years later. In the so same we were division? In the same, we were both in the Carolinas at wow. that point. So we knew each other and that kind of thing. But uh, so we were called uh, initially when I was, uh, I guess I would have been 14 and her 15, something like that. Yeah. She's a year old. She's, <clears throat> sorry, um, uh-huh. uh, sorry, 14 and 15. Um, yeah. But then I was called again after really running for a while in my college, rebelling. I was yeah. just lost uh, yeah. in college, and God called me again with a with a voice, kind of like, right. "Okay, this guy needs a slap in the head." And so he did, and thank yeah. the Lord. So I'm able to say that that you know, yes, following the family tradition, but not because the family pointed. No one right. pointed me that way in my family. God so has no God is children. good. Yeah. God has no grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. Today. yeah. So, so you zigzagged across you. Uh, the wh- wh- just get, uh, yeah. list them off for me where you served. 
Well, we left the Carolinas Division, which we've never been back to, but we left out of the Carolinas Division. We served, uh, we went to the training college and were commissioned to Arlington, Virginia, uh, in the D.C. area, which we just, we loved that ministry for five years, and some great soldiers kind of just coached us along in, in the in the new things. Um, anyway, I won't start naming them, but you know them, uh, probably all of them. But anyway, uh, great folks. And then moved over to Oklahoma. Quite a dramatic difference wow. from Law, uh, into zig. Lawton, Oklahoma, the first zig. Uh, got two years in Lawton and then two years in Enid. And, um, and we liked Oklahoma a lot. We really loved it. And then zagged over to uh, Salisbury, Maryland, all the way on the coast. Uh, right. Just a wonderful area on the, off the Chesapeake uh, Bay and served there for three years. Very hard years, but a wonderful core and great ministry opportunities. Hard financially is what, yeah. what it was. Um, but anyway, and then down to Atlanta, to Lawrenceville, where we only got two years at a wonderful, wonderful core. Yep. Um, but um, but uh, hopefully left you a good spot. And then yes, you yeah, came I, one of there. The, we have the rare privilege of yeah. the, the people who got to serve the Lawrenceville core. It was a wonderful, I mean, what a we wonderful core. And then uh, and then over to Texas. So from Georgia, now back back there was zigzagging. We zig oh, yeah, when we go when we go west uh, over to Texas for four years as youth secretaries, and just loved that ministry. What a neat uh, ministry there, and the opportunities at Camp Hoblitzell and Highview Ranch, and uh, and then just all over ministering to kids and and encourage hopefully encouraging yeah. core officers in their ministry while we kind of moved around the division. And now uh, after four years, now over to Florida, and so it's it's a a great time here. So literally, zoop, 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 yeah. zoop, zoop. Anyway, I either can't keep a job or they just want to not get, let me get, uh, I just want to distract me. They want to get you far removed yeah, from where you were before because yeah, yeah. it's just too hard. People, so. people would just run to wherever you were. Yeah. Uh, so all that experience, you know, has led you to a place where we, when we, we both arrived here in Florida at the same time yeah. and experienced some of the same teaching at some officers' councils and divisional events. And something kind of like sparked in you that led you to think, I, I, and, and particularly in your role, you're over statistics, you're over programs, you're over social services, um, resourcing the core spiritually and the youth department. Like you're, that's a, and I say over. That's the the ministry you facilitate from mm-hmm. DHQ, right. helping the core. I mean, I think we, we get all that right. So I, right. I know you don't think of it that way as like as if you are, you know, commanding all of these in, entities, but. You were you just have like had God stirring something in your heart, yeah, and and that's led to the way that you f- facilitate the work in the Florida Division. Talk to me about like what it was that started to change. Yeah, I'll go back just a little further. Okay, uh, when we were in Texas, um, we um, Colonel Like asked us to join together. You know, there's there's variety of program type departments, mm-hmm. um, youth. Um, adult ministries and and women's ministries and said yeah. why don't y'all pull together and kind of a uh, just a council you know keeping your heads together and those kinds of things and so we did um you know another meeting yeah but, you know we did and uh and uh, we would meet once a month or something uh, about uh, midway through that so this may have been uh around 2014 actually okay. so back to that um, we were talking about the core standard, which is about a four-page list of all the things that the core are required to do, weekly, right. monthly, quarterly, and annually. Mm-hmm. And it's just a long list. Now, this the core standard is like a, a for those who aren't involved in the Salvation Army, it's like a technical term. Yeah. Essentially, like, this is something that must happen yeah. in Salvation Army. So, course. Sunday morning meeting, Sunday night meeting, core cadets, right. so, you know, this this list of all these activities that need to happen. 
Well, we looked at the list and realized most of them we kind of don't do anymore, mm-hmm. and 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 nobody really bothers about the core about it. So mm-hmm. in my mind, that that just showed me that we really don't have a core standard. It's mm-hmm. on the list, but we really don't have a core standard. And then should we have a core standard? Right. And Big instead, question. yeah. And instead, I thought instead of a core standard, why don't we have a soldier standard? What does it mean to be a soldier? I want to be a good soldier, and a good soldier, soldiers make up a good core. Right. So, so it started back then, kind of contemplating, well, what makes a good soldier? I mean, what, you know, what are we after as a disciple of Christ? When I say soldier, really a disciple of Christ, because it's inclusive. Not everyone's a soldier uh, in your core. Not everyone's a soldier, but you want them. To understand this is what who as a disciple, this is who you need to be and, and grow to be. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that part of it started for me. But I didn't have a way to really test it and play with it much. Kind of just sat dormant for a while. And I came to Florida and about a year in or so, you know, kind of got to settle in, figure out what in the world is this job. Right. Um, and we still continued to wrestle with some of that. So we wrestled with it. Um, and at that point, it was uh, myself, John Murphy, and uh, Matt Satterley. Mm-hmm. So three troublemakers in the room. Kind of going, I, I don't know. we got to figure some of these things out. So we decided, um, um, uh, John and I pulled together a group of officers to ask several questions. And one of them was this. I, I wrote them down here. What measures could we use to ensure we're on point in God's great commission? So what, mm. what could we use to actually measure what are we trying to do? Right. Um, are we are we still are we meeting human needs? Are mm-hmm. we doing that um, um, with each location? You know mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. Local is is important. What are the vision and mission and values that keep us on track? So what are we after? And then um, are we in prayer seeking that uh, that vision? And out of that, I began to introduce these. What is a soldier standard to this group? It was a group of officers from the from the division. Just right, a, right. A, a mission conversation we had it in the spring, uh, maybe 2017, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was that conversation. Just kind of thinking through together. What are we after? I mean, what right. is what? How do you define that? How do you right. look for those things? And then how do we try to? get to those things uh, anyway. So we kind of came up with that new soldier standard uh, and kind of formalized it into four kind of pillars of this is what we're looking for. And two of them really relate to our relationship with God. Right. And two of them really relate to our relationship with with man. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And yeah. so it really kind of fell into that uh, that slot, those four things. That's kind of how we got to that place. And that group... Then um, I kind of put the group back together um, with a group of uh, another group, but some of them were the same, mm-hmm. um, to begin to get to the place of the soldier standard. I mean, the, um, the scorecard. How do we begin to evaluate that? So, so it started by looking at what, it, what, a good, what a soldier is. Yeah. Like, and even if somebody is not a soldier, this is, a uh, they, they've not made that commitment. Yeah. Like, what does it mean? Like, how can we measure rather than not we're effective in our mission? I mean, that's, that is the question. Ultimately, like, you can't, yeah. if you can't, as Andy Stanley says, define the win, like what you're going for, you're going to have a hard time evaluating if you've won or lost, yeah. right? And not that it's always as clear-cut as like winning and losing, but there still has to be a place where you come and say, this is the goal, like yeah. this is what we're trying to get to. Well, and Reggie McNeil it was yeah. one of the authors that I read early on. I, I, I read several books uh, just kind of on this journey over that eight yeah, I was never really much of a reader because I think I read slow, and I don't think I actually do. I just got to focus in. And the Lord kept putting books in front of me, and Reggie's, Reggie McNeil was one of those, Kingdom Come. 
And uh, he talks about very similar similar language. Yeah. We need a scorecard so that we know what are we celebrating? How do we know if we're winning this battle? You know, right. That right. kind of thing. And so the scorecard really helps us to know, can we celebrate some things? Because, right. you know, if you never celebrate, no one, no one knows we're doing good. Right. Anyway. Maybe we talk about some of our experiences with the Salvation Army uh, and leadership of how this has been expressed while we've been around. I'll, I'll give a few of mine, and that will maybe open the door to yours. And hmm. you're a couple of years older than me, so maybe you, you even go back a little further. Right. You can describe. So, like, I, early in officership, I remember there being, like, we would occasionally get from your equivalent office in whatever division we were, kind of a, a health summary. And mm-hmm. if we were down right. in our average attendance, that would be circled. Now there wouldn't be like a angry face or what's your problem? Why are you yeah. but a little bit of like, hey, make sure to get this up. And there there wasn't like a sense of you need to lie, you know, but we want to be up in every in, in, in some key measures. So like we get this and we get reminders that we are there. When I was a child, I remember there would be um we'd even see my parents in ministry, there would be a monthly um, holiness meeting, Sunday school, home league various stats that would come out for every div- every yep. core in division. So you'd see who had 100, who had 10, yeah. um, whatever, whoever was there. So like those are some things that have been there. Then there's also the side of like awards that are given in the Salvation Army. I me- remember I didn't realize that. I, Cam is shaking his head at me now with a scowl on his face when I said the word <laughs> awards. And I think many of us feel that way about awards, even if we've received them. Yeah, but, sure. I mean, here's one right. for me, like in Arlington, I think our... Our second year, Arlington, we, Texas. Arlington, Texas. Oh, yeah. not the not the right. Arlington, Virginia. The Battle of the Arlingtons. Um, we had our youth councils. We didn't even know it. We get up and get an award. I, I, I maybe this may be overstating it, but I've seen this happen other places. We got an increase in Sunday school that had like over a thousand percent increase. Hey, praise the Lord! I mean, and here we go. And it was like all those lives saved. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I think it was merely the fact that we followed somebody who left uh, Salvation Army officership and. They didn't do Sunday school. Yeah. So we did Sunday school and boom, boom we're number one in the territory. Now, okay, so, so that's some of the challenges with right. how we've done stats. And what, what are some of, I mean, some things that drive you crazy with that? That's, that's the opposite. You, okay, tell me. I'm at Lawrenceville Corps. At yeah. Lawrenceville Corps. You know Lawrenceville Corps. Um, a tremendous Corps with wonderful ministry. They are yeah. out in the community. I mean, they, right. they those soldiers are, are out there serving the right. community. That's right. how the Lawrenceville Corps really grew. It wasn't just transplants from one Corps to another. It was yes. some of that started. You and I could talk about that for but, a long time. Yeah, but it was it was because, and I think this was the Westmorelands when they were there, and Katrina happened and people began right. to move. Right. That Corps, those soldiers began to say, we need to find those people and bring them in. Mm-hmm. And it, that Corps, be, well, not became, but was very missional, and it stayed missional from what I could yeah, perceive. It was I, only there yeah. two years, but I, yeah. it just very missional and related to the community. And so so that's the kind of Corps with all of these kids and all these. So I'm sitting there at youth councils, enjoying youth councils with Paula, and then in our row of, you know, I don't know, probably 15 or whatever soldiers, most of them in uniform, tremendous Corps, excited about these kids. And somebody gets up and says, now, if you're not up here on the stage getting this award, next year, if you work hard, you can be up here too. And all of my kids and Paula's kids would look, boom, all their heads turn to us and say, what are we, you know, what are we? And and they're killing it. They're out there serving the community. They're all these things. And it was probably because we were down a few in Sunday school or something very small like that. Boom, you're out of the awards. Which, you know, frustrates you on that one point, but it just points to the fallacy in my mind. I, I want to be humble about it because I could be very wrong. But in my mind, 
um, the um, the fallacy of of those things, the awards um, point to mostly in my mind um, uh, attendance and number of meetings. Right. And right. and and if you got a whole bunch of people. You're doing great. If you don't have, or if you have a few less, you must be doing really bad in yeah, that core. Yeah. And, and often it comes down to the core officer. You must be doing bad or right, you right. must be doing really good. And so I, I don't really know. I'm still wrestling with some of that. But in general, I kind of feel like awards, um, they may have worked well in the past or within our culture. I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for that. But in my mind, they, they, just watching us see amazing core that would never win awards but they are doing what William Booth told us to do and what Jesus commissioned us to do. Right. And that, I think this is the point. What did Jesus ask us to do? Like, what yeah. and how effective are we in doing that and proclaiming the gospel and discipling people? Yeah. I mean, this is this is the key. And yeah. I think that that's what you've helped us as a division get to, is to really think through that. And also, we haven't received the letters that say, well, you're down here by two this month. You know what's going on, or or by a hundred, whatever it is. And it's but but instead the message is there, like we, the mission still exists. Yeah, it's just like we're evaluating our effectiveness in it differently. Yeah. So that's led you to a scorecard, creating a scorecard. Yeah. And a new scorecard that um, there's been a lot of iterations of of these type of evaluatory tools in the army yeah. through the years. But tell me about like what you've put together. Not yeah, your We're, team. I'm sorry, I'm wanting to say no. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah. So the team really wrestled with you know along the we we kind of settled on those four things. We want our people, and then we broadened it beyond just soldiers because your employees they're part of uh, of the mission. Right, sure, you know, yeah. our, our board members. Amen. Golly, yeah, they yeah. they feel like this is my army too. You know. Right. Uh, so it, it's almost like Bramwell. We're, I'm not a volunteer army. I'm a regular army. Well, some of them are volunteer army, you know, yeah, but they sure. feel, still feel like that's my army. So I broaden it. But in general, we're talking about soldiers. But uh, but I'd, I'd love for Corps officers to even think broader to, to everyone. But it's those things. So it really comes down to these four things. You know, I as a person, as a disciple, I worship the Lord. And, and we have you know, we kind of written it out in long statements. I don't I don't know if we have time to well, read so, them. But so anyway. what you're looking at, we'll, we'll attach this to oh, like okay. so, so people can see it but you, this evaluatory tool is one page you know how one like page. politicians used to talk about and when i'm president uh, taxes will be done on a on a postcard you know yeah. or well you essentially have that so you have it broken down the four go go ahead yeah. and read them the, okay. the, the headings the yeah so the first one again the first two really relate to my relationship with god i worship the lord the true and living god father son and holy spirit as his living sacrifice in our everyday lives and as part of a worshiping community. There's some key words in there that I won't go into right now, but when I teach it or train on it, I kind of help understand why those, some of those words are in there. But the second one then is, I grow as a disciple of Jesus, seeking mature holiness in joyful community and in fellowship with other salvationists. Mm-hmm. Then the third one is, uh, I seek and reach out to others who are lost to invite them to Jesus and disciple them to full salvation. Right. And I include in that the, the kind of the iron sharpens iron. So it's also a brother to brother as well as uh, a, a person reaching out to others. And then the fourth one is I serve our, my community or our community, especially the poor and the marginalized, as God's love extends through us to others, positively affecting our community. I always feel like if there's a Salvation Army in an area, and the community's not any brighter. Right. 
then we're not being the light that we ought to be. Right. So we need to be serving the community. And that includes if I'm, an, if I'm a soldier in my home right. and my neighborhood's not any better because I'm a soldier, then I, William Booth said, every Salvationist home is a Salvation right. Army outpost. Awesome. So make my home part of the Salvation Army's work or at least part of my work as a disciple. So anyway, so you have, those are I, four I, pieces. I, my little summary of those four statements. So you have like worship, growth in community, Outreach and evangelism, and then service. Yeah, that's not good. So yeah. then, so how do you? I know it's oversimplification. Yeah, sure. Because your words are very particular. I know you, you worked with those to develop that, those statements. So what are the measures then that you have for yeah. worship? Like the the, the key ones are because uh, well the key and this we, is for soldiers, right? You want to like look at soldiers and say what are individual soldiers doing in these four areas? Is that right? We do. We do. Um, but it, it's broader than that. Again, okay, same okay. thing. You know, it's not just soldiers. We want we want all of mm. our people. So um, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's because we want. Because again, in your core, we're not just saying. Well, we're only really paying attention to the soldiers. You don't. You right. pay attention Amen. to yep. all, all of them. You right. know, we're uh, glad you're here. People who walk in the doors. People who don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you're you you want to encourage it even in your pathway of hope and in some right. of those other things. You want to encourage people. You know, I I want this for you too. Whether you ever come in my doors on a Sunday morning or not. Right. I'd love to encourage you in these four things. So anyway, so it's more broad. Um, worship, uh, we still have a few attendance measures in there just because I felt like it's too extreme to throw the entire thing out. Mm-hmm. So we still have in there, what's my holiness meeting attendance? Just kind of like, are people still gathering, you know, like, yeah. like they did? Um, people tithing? And then are people joining in in prayer and, and in Bible study? Are they still connecting together in, in corporate uh, times like right, those things? Right. Um, some of those things were harder to measure, uh, some of the specifics in there. But in general, it's, am I living my life as a, as a worshiper of God? And, and, uh, so. and we're not like really coming in and saying, we're going to see people's tax returns for their tithing. Like, Mm-mm. okay, are you really 10%? But I mean, the, the concept is broadly there. Like, are people tithing? And yeah. I think generally, like, um, like how, how I approach it, like with people tithing, is like generally just a broad number of thinking like, well, that person probably yeah. tithing or not you know, like like or, or if there's like somebody who's given just like a under a thousand dollars a year well probably not tithing they're yeah. giving yeah. and they're maybe they're they're giving up to the, to get to a thousand dollars regular but that might mean give me a cue for my preaching or pastoral conversations if the spirit leads absolutely to well and this is a good opportunity for me to say as i've taught this a couple of times people yeah. have said oh so now we're going to start judging everybody and like checking boxes or whatever else and and it can very easily yeah, turn sure. into that. We have to be careful. The point is not that. The point is um, because part of the, the the three disciplines we're teaching, how do you disciple? You disciple the individual. Wesley taught that. He saw his mother and his father in discipling individuals. Mm-hmm. His father was a preacher. But he'd go door to door checking on individuals. His mother would um, spend one hour a week with every one of her children as individual time. How are you doing? As yeah, in, So yeah. individuals, because we can very easily say, yeah, I have 90 90 people tithing and worshiping and doing great. Um, and last month, I or last quarter, I had 85, so we're doing great. Yeah, but you yeah. miss the fact that Mary and John left and haven't been back. But it's okay, because now seven other people came in. So we've lost, we didn't even realize that. So we've got to focus on the individuals too. And right. the point with this is to say, how, what's the next thing I can encourage Mary and John about? So it's not about, Mary, you're missing that step. No, it's just like Christ does to us. He's kind of like, you ready for the next thing? I want to encourage you in that. It's kind of, wait, yeah, I don't, yeah, don't want to get into a personal thing. But anyway, I, I, in doing this myself, I realized something I was missing and wrote to you all and said, I got to fix that. 
This episode of Captain's Corner is brought to you by WPO Development. I have a good friend, Keith Waters, who's the CEO of WPO Development, and he has a phrase he uses all the time that I have found to be very helpful, and it's this. If you don't know where you are going, any path will take you there. Isn't that true? Both in our personal lives and especially in our ministries. It is critical that we all have a clear plan and a path to where we want to go. Keith and his company, WPO, have worked with the Salvation Army and other ministries across the country and can help you develop a strong mission planning study all the way up to managing a capital campaign. I'm currently working with Keith and his team here in Tampa and would urge you to contact them if you have any planning or campaign needs at info at wpodevelopment.com or you can just Google them and find their website as well. God bless you. Let me just say what... Yeah. I, I might I might lose some people here, but if you can look at the document, I think that will help. Like we have something for like cores corporately to evaluate, but really everything is a measure too for people using okay. their own spiritual life. Yeah. So we have similar questions that we hand we hand a scorecard. We've only done it once, and we have it electronically too, so people can just think about their own spiritual life, and then they can turn that into us. They don't have to put their name on it, but it just gives us. A, everybody did, by the way, interestingly enough. Hmm. But um, so they get that, and we can have a check. To say like okay they're worshiping they're part of, part of a small group and we'll go through the rest of these questions yeah. but individualized each of those questions yeah. in each of these eyes because yeah. really that's what we want to do we want to yeah. help people get to a place where they're functioning as activated disciples yeah okay so well, the second area help, or, if we forget help me remember to come back to how do we get this information back one of them is that that response card but the other one is that the small group leader so we'll we'll get back yeah, to yeah sure because the last thing I wanted was to give core officers more stuff to do. So and I started introducing it, but we'll try to talk about it later. Um, so so growth like, and community, like yeah. how, how we do that. Growth as disciples um, and, and, in, and in community. The, the key to this, really the key, I think, to the whole thing, going back to uh, our roots with Wesley, Wesley believed that that small group, he, he used a model of a, of a, of a, of a class meeting, mm-hmm. uh, and people are also recognizing bands, which mm-hmm. he did, which is smaller, which I won't go into now. Um, look that up. Check it out. We have some resources. We have some training on it online you can, you can find. But it's not too hard to find. Just look up Wesley's right. class meeting, and you can find some great stuff online. But, um, but it hinges on a lot of that, because how can you keep track of 250 people? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember thinking in a small core, it's hard enough to keep track of 50 or 70 people, right, you know. Right. And so how can I? The, one of the best ways to organize into those small groups where you, kind of the Jethro principle, where you have, I have somebody looking over these 10. And, right, then, right. and then I try to help encourage those five or six looking over those 10s. Um, so that really hinges on it. So that, that seeking discipleship in small group was really key to Wesley. And I think it needs to be key to us again. We've, yeah. we've forgotten that. Um, in fact, one of the books, the, the subtitle is The Forgotten uh, Principle or The Forgotten Jewel or whatever. I can't remember. But anyway, so here is um, uh, we grow as disciples. So some of the, um, the elements we're looking for is the number of people who have a habit of daily devotions, you know, prayer and Bible study. Right. And again, that's not uh, any kind of a, a measure of, a, of attendance or it's not number of times. It's just how many of the people are right. doing that. Right. right. So um, anyway, number of people actively engaged in transformational small groups. Again, that's a key word mm-hmm. uh, related to that kind of a small group. And again, that's not attendance and it's not the number of meetings. It's right. just purely are, are, are uh, 100 of our people engaged in that. I don't, mm-hmm. It's not about how many times. So and not getting away from attendance, just that 
engagement will be a disciple, uh, will be leading to them to discipleship. And then we're playing with the thing in there also with a number of small groups. Just curious, are we cell dividing? I'm not sure if that's as essential or not, but we threw that in there kind of later just to kind of see, is that an important thing to watch or grow or not? But, But it really hinges on, are my people gathering together and recognizing the importance of that small group? In, in Wesley's model, if you weren't part of that small group, you weren't part of the society. Right. It didn't have anything to do with the Sunday morning or this big society meeting. It had to do with that small group. Right. It wasn't like, come to our society and then we'll put you into small groups. It was, join the small group and then we'll let you come to our society right, meetings. Right. It was that critical. And, and if you didn't have those small group meetings, he would say, well, you're not really part of our society. Right. And it, society is like kind of like the equivalent of like what a Sunday yeah. morning meeting yeah, would be like for a us. Gathering. So anyway, it was really interesting. Well, oh, so then you got that. So we got the growth. Like those are measures that you have for growth in community, small group, um, those type of like. And the way you evaluate it is really helpful. Like, are people participating in this? Um, so then transformation ones. Then outreach is that next? Yeah, kind of like that outreach. Area. And again, what the we some people say, how do we? What do you mean uh, engaged in? And frankly, in, in training on this, uh, how to use this, I've said it's up to you. As long as you hold steady, you'll see, because what we're looking for is for you, what you're looking for, not me. Right, what right. you're looking for is you're looking for, are we changing? Are we moving? So as long as you define that and then hold to that definition of engagement, yeah, loosely, it doesn't have to be hard and fast, but as long as you have a, a, an understanding of that. Same with tithing. If you decide what tithing looks like and you decide, okay, yeah, that's a tither, then, then hold to that and then just watch for changes. Are we seeing change in our community? Right, and if you're right. seeing like, whoa, we're, we're seeing a drop anyway. So that's something to remember too. So now we're into seeking others. Um, God conversations. Right. Um, again, I, I don't mean to just quote him because there's, there's a whole lot of folks, but he has some little nuggets in there. Reggie McNeil says, your conversion rate won't change until your conversation rate changes. Wow. And yeah. so God conversations, just simply turning a regular conversation with your neighbor or with person at Walmart or, or, a, or a, you know, a co-worker or whatever, turning it in, introducing God and Jesus somehow into that. And it doesn't have to be a preaching thing at all. It could just right. simply be, oh, wow, I'm going to pray to God about that for you. Or, you know, I wonder what God thinks about this really trial that you're going through right now. Just, just introducing something simple, even playful. I, yeah. I wonder which team God is interested in this, at this Super Bowl. You know, yeah. be playful with it. But you get used to saying God's name in, in normal daily life, which we're not used to saying very much. Right, right. Um, and they get used to knowing that you're a person who knows God. Right. Um, and my brother has a great experience where, I mean, in, in working in the real world where it's just backbiting and you know, yeah. people are after, they'll steal your stuff and, 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 and put their name on it and turn it into the boss. And, and, and he's not going to be that. He said, I'm not going to be that way, which, you know, hurt him. But those same people would come to him and say, Todd, I, yeah, I need you to pray for me. You know, right. my family is. And he's going, you just slaughtered me two days ago. Wow. But man, I'm here to pray for you. So they know who is the godly person. So the number of people who had God conversations this quarter, that's, again, not how many God conversations. It's not what it looks like or whatever. It's just simply, are people beginning to have these conversations out in the community? Right. right. Uh, and, and so that's, that's exciting. Um, so if you and I had, had God conversations, but you had seven and I had three, still two of us, 
are having God conversations. It doesn't matter all the number. I just want people getting used to that. And, and, and when we do this, when we evaluate, so what we did the first time we did this yeah. evaluatory tool, we had that question, did I have God conversations? And we explained it just like you did mm-hmm. in a similar way. Um, but I could, as I looked over the month of January, and I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, there was there were these conversations, and I could think of it, several that had happened. And it's like this personal evangelism piece. My grandfather is really well known for, as a cadet, mint deciding that he was going to witness to somebody every day mm. well some people misinterpret what that meant well, really it was god conversations every day mm. and a lot of times they were true evangelistic moments where bringing somebody to jesus but most of the time it was on a run that he'd have in the morning where he would just bring god into the conversation i was with him when these happened wow and he would say to, say to me that that I, I got it in today yeah. right but it wasn't it wasn't. It could. It might have simply been, um, uh, God bless you. And yeah. that, I mean, that's as simple as I think. It would be. And, and a lot of times, it did lead to personal evangelism. Um, that's the thing I want to. There's like there is a little bit of a, lot, a diff difference. And I just had on the podcast yesterday. I'm not sure when it will come out. Um, Steve Elliott, who wrote a book that really impacted us, is mm. called By Signs and Wonders. And you might remember we did mm. this Holy Spirit emphasis series. Yeah. And. Um, He's saying like that personal evangelism through friendship evangelism really is incredibly ineffective. Hmm. <laughs> so he's saying like that's not the way that the church in Scripture grew. The church grew when the Holy Spirit moved, hmm. and it's the Holy Spirit who brings people to Christ, and it's by and, and often by signs and wonders that, that happens by people having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So I what I what he challenged me with on the call yesterday was like. You know, not just kind of like casually bringing God up in the conversation, but making sure to take that to another level yeah. where you actually try to w- bring somebody to Christ. So I think there's a, and I'm not crit- critiquing you for having this, but I think there is a sense of there are two things. Like there's one that is a God conversation mm-hmm. that if nobody's, if people aren't doing that, hey, that's a start. Yeah. At least, but then we do need to get to that line where we um, move and like we sense that. Um, God, the Holy Spirit, is leading us yeah. to bring people to Christ, too. That's a great entree into the next Oh, piece. how good, how good. Okay, keep going. What's next? But you're right. I don't hit evangelism hard. I kind of go soft at it. But still, the next one is seekers. Right, okay. Because there's two things that I think, uh, I think we've kind of lost, and you all have started a little bit here in Tampa. Um, uh, but there, we've kind of lost. We've lost the testimony meeting, the testimony right, right. time, where people can and and some of it. I understand why they can go very <laughs> long, and you hear the Uncle Joe tell the story from 1940. You know, whatever else, right. and and you know whatever. But um, and those are great testimonies as well. But they tend to go long, and they over. But if if even we had a moment where we where people were saying in in uh, in a meeting on Sunday morning. I had a God conversation, my neighbor, whatever yeah, else. Yeah. And the next person goes, oh, I had one too. You know, just just seeing that right, God right. is moving in our midst Amen. today. He's Amen. not just somebody who did stuff a long time ago. And the same thing. So seekers this quarter, and it, it relates to, uh, are you praying with people? Have you had a chance to pray with anybody? And you have it on your uh, on your response card. Is, right. is uh, Did you have a chance to pray with anybody this week about right. some of those things? So beginning to learn how, and you're right, there may be some training needed to kind of say, how do you move a conversation forward into that um, either acceptance of Christ or just that question of, are, are you a believer in Christ? Do you right. trust Jesus right. for this? But, but just even that 
boy, you look down today, Joe. You know, you're doing okay. You know, my neighbor or whatever else. Oh, my daughter. Can I stop and pray with you about that for just a minute? You don't have to be an expert prayer. Joe doesn't know the difference. Just say, God, help his daughter today. God bless her. We trust you. Amen. Yeah. And, And just... Teaching people that it's not only okay, but it's good, and and that's what people would expect as a God follower for you to be praying. So yes. why wouldn't we do that uh, right. publicly with them? And so you're right. I don't hit it hard as did you did you get somebody down there yet? And maybe that's my own personality seeping into it. And, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the critique, which is uh-huh. what you just did, and I and I, it's good. That's one of the reasons I want to get this out. I want that. I want it coming back. I want that information. We're piloting it now, but but we, this is the first chance we've had to play with it. Well, so. I'm not, I hope it doesn't seem too much like a critique. It's more or less just no, me I'm trying to think me. through it. Like, uh, And I was challenged by Steve Elliott yesterday yeah. about that. I'm like, well, maybe I'm going too far too far to, to not make yeah. sure that I'm letting myself easy. Like, yeah. I, People need to come to Christ. Yeah. And uh, maybe just need to be praying that God, God's Holy Spirit is at work in those situations. No, I, I love it. And I, I'm joking about the critique, but I, it's part of what I want to do. Um, uh, quickly, these the last ones in this Seeking Reach Out. New Seekers Joining Small Group. Uh, okay. Wesley's small groups were intended to be... Right, not uh, just for Christians. ...be free. Yeah. It is a great entree into the faith. You know, just somebody who seems to be needing something more. Why don't you come to me to my, uh, to my class meeting or small mm-hmm. group and just meet these folks. Share kind of what you're doing if you want to share or just kind of watch and be prayed over. And, and it's simple and it's, it's comfortable because it's only eight of us or ten of us, you know. I think you and I both have experienced this. So we started small groups in Lawrenceville and we've been big small group people. We feel like that's the way to grow. You know, you're not going to grow spiritually unless you're, you're connected relationally. Mm-hmm. But at this, what, we've, what I realized is that probably early on I was too content driven with small mm-hmm. groups. Mm-hmm. Well, what are they going to do? What are they, what, what, what are they, well, you know, okay, let's get a curriculum. Yeah. Let's get a video series. Let's do something. But I think what the um, bands and class meetings ideas have led us to think is like, okay, the real value often was letting people share what God's doing in their life or not doing in their life uh-huh. and then praying for them. Yeah. And that's kind of like the, the basic model of class meetings and band meetings is how is it with your soul? Yeah. Right? And letting people ask that question. Now, they're, they're dil- that's not exactly like there is content that needs to be communicated at the same time in discipling. But often, like just having that moment, it can liberate people to really sense how God wants to work. Yeah. It's been amazing. Uh, we've been doing class meeting now for about three years. And, and just to watch how people have changed or to watch how the Holy Spirit leads them in what they say, sometimes to really um, challenge them, even in that moment of sharing what they're trying to say, challenge to say, I need to share more. Mm-hmm. And, and I just sense that, you know, the Holy Spirit's the teacher in that room, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just powerful. I won't get into teaching those things, but man, I, I, yeah, people, I jo- for a long time. people joke. They're like, oh, you're, you, you love talking about, oh, we're going to talk about class meetings today. We're going to talk about small groups, whatever. I don't care. If, they, yeah. if they're joking about it, that means they've heard me talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> so just finishing these up, new seekers into those small groups and new soldiers into the ranks. I am. I'm still. I'm very much an, an old army guy, actually. Yeah. Um. And and I, I do want soldiers. I do want folks saying, I want to commit to the whole thing. I want to. Right. I want to give my life to this and covenant in this particular way. Not that others who aren't soldiers aren't part right, of us. Right, right. Anyway, so that's it's in good. there too. It's good. And then the last thing, serving the community. I really feel this as 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 really key. Um. Oh, let me go back to something you said on curriculum because I think you're dead on. Jonathan Raymond, who's a soldier. Yeah. 
um, uh, of the Lexington Corps now, re- retired now, wrote some books, one on social holiness. But a long time ago, he wrote uh, Essays on Holiness, a little tiny oh, maroon book. I have it. And in there, somewhere, i got to find it again, he said that somewhere the church got addicted to curriculum. Mm. And these things like small groups, which were key and, and really blew up the, the, uh, the, the Wesleyan mm-hmm. uh, churches, uh, and we'd be one of those, um, we, they began to decline. You can watch the decline. Mm. I checked that with Kevin Watson, who wrote the book on class meeting. I think yeah, he's yeah. at Emory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, had a chance to interview him. EB and I had a chance to interview oh, yeah. him, and uh, and um, we hope to him have later on a, on a, on a, on our sadiscipleship.org. Oh, there you anyway, go. A little promotional. Go. Yeah, go ahead. Um, that's where our holiness uh, conference is is kind of housed. But the um, uh, and he said the same thing. He said, "Yeah, there's really you can watch that. It's really interesting." So just a note on that. Um, but serving our community, Wesley. Um, said some things that kind of helped me kind of put it into this kind of terminology. And I think I got it also from Michael Henderson's book on the class meeting. Right. That was a great book, just kind of watching Wesley, kind of get, because he also gave the history. How did he get there? And a little slim, it's not a yeah. massive thing. It's a great one. Um, found out he knew my parents at Asbury. I didn't, uh-huh. didn't know that. I met with him at, while well, I was at Asbury the last uh, uh, month or so ago. Um, uh, so anyway, but serving our community, the number of people serving in community in mission, serving their community in mission, this is either Salvation Army mission, like I'm serving as a Sunday school teacher or, or, um, or a bus driver or helping yeah. at the Red Shield Lodge or out somewhere else. Right. I always refer to someone like a Miss Jackie in Lawton, Oklahoma, who was giving bread out to, you know, taking the, the free breads that was going to go stale and she would take it to the senior high rise. I had no idea she was doing that for right. two years. Right. Um, anyway, and so finding, we're, we're trained to see need all around us and to go do something about it. And soldiers are doing that. We just don't always know. And that that's a measure. That. Like that's, Absolutely. A, that's, a, that, that's a measure of Miss Jackie's effective yeah. discipleship. Like that she is being activated into discipleship in her community yeah. serving like that's something that wouldn't have shown up yeah. on the stats now somebody could argue well you could have had a community care a lot like there there might be a measure but it's it's not a major thing for us to evaluate what but we're doing it's a change in that measure and i and i didn't say this in in the number of class meetings but i'll say it in this one too is it's the number of people engaged in those, not the attendance at all right. of those. So some of the people are involved in two things. They might be in a class meeting, and then they're in a smaller band or something mm-hmm. else. So that'd be two meetings that they're at, but it's really just that person is engaged. Same with serving my community. I might be doing 100 things, but it's me serving. So it's really just one, the one person, as opposed to what we have in stats now, which is how many hours did you do it, how much activity, how many right. did you pass out, whatever else. All that kind of, for me, as far as discipleship goes, it's kind of like, that's less important to me. I right. just want to know, is Andy involved in serving the community somehow? And then the last piece to it, and this is the end of it. Um, well, one more piece here. But the last piece here on this side is, uh, are people from our social services or our community engagement, are they coming in? And especially, are they coming into our small groups? Mm. So how interesting that would be for some of the people that I meet at Red Shield Lodge to say, right. come to my house on yeah. Wednesday night, right. we're having a small group. Are, are we brave enough to say, come right. to my house? Are we brave enough to say, come to my intimate small group, to right. those people who are just like us, except right. that they're in a bump in the road right now? 
to say, come into the full fellowship. And so uh, that's an interesting piece. So uh, uh, the number of people invited into the discipleship life of the core. The, and right. So it may not be small groups. It might be just like Pathway of Hope, invite your kids to come to, and join our, our groups here or those kinds of things. But just our people being invited from that into that speaks right. to the discipleship or the core health, um, right. Uh, right. As, which is what we're after. And then the last piece is on the other side. So it's on one page. The front and the back, or side to side, is a narrative. Because this group also said, it was full of younger and older officers, and they were saying, we need a narrative. Because the stats don't tell everything. You know, you can have a statistic, but not know that, look what Joe is doing. Or Mm. our core has decided to make a dramatic turn, and now we're serving breakfast on da-da-da-da-da-da. So the narrative part was important, and I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And there's not a place to put that on statistics. It's kind of, I want to tell you about the core. So that was important. So this is I mean, I know we've gone through this and it might be hard. I'm not looking out down the information. So as you're listening, you might, oh, I don't know what, what's going on. I would just encourage you to go to whatever link you already found this and we'll try and post it as many places as we can. As you do this, you'll see it's a very simple form that you can just follow. And you might, maybe you don't use something similar or if you're involved in another church or maybe just even thinking about your organization of how you evaluate what you do. And what Cam's done is I've gotten this on one page to find these most important things. And, you know, I, I, don't, I can't think of anything I disagree with, but I imagine if we did this in a year, we'd probably change a little bit of yeah. this. we find something different. But still, we're evaluating what's happening. We're trying to say, like, are we being effective in our mission or not? Yeah. And I think, like, this started with your kind of discontent with how it was, and you're willing to do something about it. So we really appreciate your desire yeah. to do this and not just maintain the status quo. I appreciate that. It, and it really is just, are my people moving forward in, in their spiritual growth? And then are we together as a community growing in our spiritual, in our, in our spiritual walk? And, and, uh, and that kind of is indicative of health yeah. to me. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. Break right there. Just Who are some, uh, some of the people who have been really important in your own spiritual life, in your own development? Like you think it back across your 30 plus years. Yeah. Well, I always have to start with my mom and dad and, of yeah. course, my wife. And I don't mean that as just kind of platitudes. My mom and dad were faithful local, uh, faithful um, uh, core officers. They had yeah. a stint as D- DYSs, but core officers beginning and end. Yeah. And just powerful ministry right in front of me, just kind of loving people no matter what time of the night, yeah. just serving faithfully daily and uh, just preaching God's Word and doing the best that they can. And I was, I was always just proud of them and yeah. enjoyed them a lot they're they're two very different people right you know, and they go at it very differently my dad is very much old army he's his his dad was scottish uh, an officer straight from scotland wow. the new old army we're gonna do it this way and we're gonna and the back of the the songbook and the open airs and everything like that and and my mom was just that that faithful discipler with that one person and organizing an entire church and just right. just neat neat people i loved them and paula she shoots straight at me, mm. and and uh, and it's great. She keeps me <laughs> keeps me humble, and uh, and in a time in my life when I was really lost at Asbury. Wow, uh, not because of Asbury, but it's okay. I, I almost ruined Asbury. They I tried know. to get rid of me, and I came back. Um, but you know, kind of not finger in my face, but just pointedly say, you know, you'll do these for other things, but you won't do this for God. You know, wow. get up and come to church with me. You know better than that. You know, like, boo! I don't have anybody who talks to me like that. Yeah, sure. Praise God. the Lord. So, um, so her. 
Um, I, I've uh, through this, I sent these four tenants to uh, Commissioner Phil Needham yeah. to kind of just uh, kind of watch some of it and change some of the wording. He's the one who said, you got to get the Trinity in there. I had just the Lord just trying yeah. to keep the statements as tight. He said, no, there's too many people to talk about the Lord. Get we need to know who we're talking about. So I, I value it. I valued that a lot and his encouragement of me. That's hard. There's so many. There's so many people. I mean, there's a lot. You know, the Eigelharts are just tremendous people, just just loving and caring. They were DYSs uh, early when we were Arlington, and then they were TYSs and program secretaries when we were. Uh, they were program secretaries when we were DY when we were DYSs. Right. Um, uh, did I say that backwards? Anyway, regardless, they 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 just been great. They were they were DYSs when we were core officers at our first core, right. and then they were program secretaries when we were DYSs and good folks. You start naming names, and you get good, in trouble. Good, good. You got, got a few. Andy, I want to say you and Abby, oh. your leadership here and your preaching here has been just just wonderful, and I've just enjoyed that. And when I when I miss because we're traveling around, so I, I appreciate that a lot. And your learning and kind of watching and your willingness to say, I don't think we're doing some things right and making adaptations. Yeah. You know, I won't go into all of that, but. Um, uh, adaptations to you know in, in the shelter and how we do social services and thinking, are we as are we as effective as we think we are, sure. or as yeah. we wave the flag to be, you know, yeah. and, and say how do we get there and, and how do we truly love people? So there's a lot of people I could point. I'm leaving terrible. That was good. That's good, awful. Good, good, good. No, I'm, I shouldn't have asked you a question. You knew it. You no, too no. much of a bird. I'm sure there's like a spiritual gift you have that's like makes it hard for you to list anybody. But I love hearing about your parents and I had an early experience with them. Uh, when I was working in Maryland, West Virginia, for their music conservatory one summer, oh, okay. and I and I before they retired, and so I can see that, and I but I, I realized this is this is a special couple, yeah. and uh, so we've been thankful to be able to interact with you in Florida, but we knew we knew you in a different way because we followed you, and one of the things that happens in appointments is like. You get to know about the person you follow. And it's really hard. And, and, and it's hard. It's like because like you, they're never there to say anything. You just see right. their name on a piece of paper, or yeah. or it's like, well, well, Cam did this, and it was kind of like it's always whenever that comes up about the. Well, Cam's daughter, not here anymore. It's like it's kind of why can't you be like Cam? Like a few oh, times, no, no. or you know those type of things. And uh, but no, it's been really great. So I appreciate your time today, and we'll post some of this information. Uh, thanks for your time, Cam. I, I'm thrilled to share this and, and get it out. And if it's helpful to anybody, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you'd like to learn more about the Salvation Army of Tampa, check us out at tampasa.org and give us a follow on Twitter at Sal Army Tampa. And of course, go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. 